0: That video is not a shadow of things to come. All the umbrellas and the rain and the... Wow. Amen. But I believe the weather will be good. Amen. That we'll be able to go out there and be having times past. Give God your praise. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. that they had you know with the women's houring, mean, it was just a blessing, amen, to just be here and to see get away and and get you know some time to spend with the sisters in Christ and be out in the community and love on people, see something different amen you, you got to get beyond the walls, amen, and at the same time, it gave me a chance to get some things done around the house <laughs> amen you know that was coming. amen but you know it's it's good. And I find, you know, the more we focus beyond ourselves, the more we see the need that's all around us, you know, as we just continue to let God speak to our hearts. But let's just pray as we prepare to get into our new word this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, for your goodness, Lord, for your grace over our lives, we thank you, Lord, for all it is that you've already done, God. Yet, yet we come, Lord, with an expectation, Lord, because that's who you are, Lord of greatness Lord, as you continue to stretch us, as you continue to build us, Lord, as you continue to lead and direct our steps, we want to be a people, Lord, that magnify you, that give you honor and glory and everything that we do, everything that we say, Lord, that your kingdom can be expanded. Lord, that we can see lives changed and lives saved, Lord, because of who you are in us and, Lord, allowing you to operate through us. So move us out the way. Lord, move us right now, Lord, that our spirit may, what it is that you have to say unto us, even on this morning, God. We thank you for the worship, the praise, the words of exhortation that we've already received, Lord, and let it all build towards strengthening us as your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, so again, glad to be here in your midst, amen, and you know, that's, I was just, you know, as I was preparing, thinking, I'm looking at, you know, last week, amen, Pastor Linda, she did a great job bringing us the word. Amen, letting us know that we are hand-picked by God. Amen, and we were left with the challenge, what you're going to do with the choosing. Amen, you know I mean? Because he chose you, and he chose us for a specific purpose and a specific reason. And I know that to be true, because in the scripture he says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Amen, and see, that's what we need to recognize, that he has chosen us. Amen, and you were chosen from the foundation of the world. God has a purpose and a plan for you. Man, we got to come to a place that we lock into that plan and we understand that plan and we're ready to participate with that plan that God has for our lives. But, the, you know, life can be distracting. Anybody got that? Distractions in your life? Amen. A couple, one, two, three here, there. You know, but it can be distracting to the point that we miss out on our purpose. And we don't want to miss out on our purpose. We don't want to miss out on the, the call that God, the reason he even, created us. Amen. And even as we looked a couple weeks ago as I spoke to us about, you know, learning how to live a life, amen, that honors God and opens the door, ushers us into blessings, amen. When we get to a place where we honor him through what? Who remember what we were talking about? Honoring him through our obedience. Amen. That obedience unto God. Remember we talked about the Arabian horses? Amen. How that horse was so, I mean, they would be so obedient that the master would... You know, after to check and see if their training was complete how how they would do. They would force them to go several days without water in the desert. Amen. And they would keep them there. And then when the final day come, they would release them. And the horse, of course, would bolt toward the water that's right there in front of them. And just as they're ready to drop their head, the master would blow the whistle and see if that horse would stop and return obediently to his master, even though he's trembling with thirst. See, are we that obedient to God? Because the ones that are trained, they'll stop right there. They might be that close to the water, but they'll stop when they hear their whistle. And they'll go prance back to the master and wait for the next command because that's, that's how they train Arabian horses over in Arabia. And when that horse is trained like that, he becomes very valuable, very valuable to the master. Amen, and he can bring great blessing to the master because of his obedience. Amen. That's how God wants us, amen. He wants us to be obedient to his word. Amen. And when we walk like that, it brings honor to God, and God can use us for his great purposes in the earth. But this morning, you know, I just as I was looking at those messages and considering those things, there are certain things that, that block us from walking in our choosing or Block us from being completely obedient to God in every area of our lives. And I want to look at one of those things this morning that can cause us not to be fully and completely obedient, amen, so that we we miss out on, you know, walking in all that God has for us to walk in. And it affects us. And, you know, truth this, you know, as I look at this, you know, time I look at the word, obviously, any one of us look at the word, we have to examine our own heart. Amen. We have to take a look at ourselves, amen, in the light of all of this, amen. And as I as I begin to look at it, I'm like, wow, this is amazing, because there's so much said about this one area in scripture. And as I begin to research and dig, it's like, wow, I can't cover it all. But I think I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, get the point. Of, amen. this this particular thing that we need to look at, amen, call, will call, help us to change. Go with me to Jeremiah the 17th chapter. and 10 read as thus. I'm coming out of the King James. The heart is deceitfully, deceitful excuse me, above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know? You know, we we look at that scripture and say, wow, it is deceitful and desperately wicked. I mean, you know, every time I read that verse, it kind of just Hits me, man. You know, when you think about a desperado, they they got w- one thing on mind. I mean, they they they're gonna you know they, they're desperate to do what they want to do. And when this, I, every time I read that, it says the heart is desperately wicked. Can you imagine your heart being desperate for wickedness? Let's say you're like no, no, that's not my heart, right? It's it's, it's desperate for wickedness. That's scary. As, as we begin to look at it. But then I like verse number 10. It says, I, the Lord, searches the heart and tries the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. God has a plan for his creation. Even though our hearts can be deceitful and desperately wicked, God has a plan that's not where he wants us to be, and that's not where he wants us to end up you know and i' you know obviously I'm not a medical doctor, but you know as I begin to look at the heart and I begin to look at scripture after years of dealing with my own heart obviously and, and working with people over the years and examining the scriptures, I think I'm qualified to make this next statement many of god's people across the land, around the world, are yet and still struggling with heart trouble. In church, loving God, loving on some people, you got that, right? But still have heart trouble. There's heart trouble in this room. You know, and as I begin to think about the comparisons between the heart trouble, amen, that, that we can have physically, man. We, we've we known people who have heart attacks or cardiac arrest where their heart just stopped right out the blackburn. Amen. You know, we, we've known people who had, you know, all kinds of heart issues. And most of the time when people have a issue with their heart, they don't even know it until it nearly kills them. Or until they allow somebody else, i.e., a physician, to examine them, and they'll tell them you have this going on, you have blocked arteries, or you're, you're suffering from congestive heart failure. You know, and because there are symptoms, but a lot of times we don't pin symptoms down to where it really is. It's in the heart, so we we you know we try to do different things. We self-medicate. You know, or or we try to use old home remedies, amen, but a lot of that stuff don't work, amen, until you go to somebody that knows or, you know, gets some true understanding of what's going on in your body, amen. And see, I I liken that even as unto our, the body of Christ, we have heart trouble. And and we, we can see symptoms here and there, but not really pin it down to what it really is that's going on in our midst amen, or in our personal lives, we realize that, you know, spiritually, I have heart trouble. A lot of people don't want to admit that. Most people don't want to hear that. My heart's good. I love most people. But it's not, it goes beyond that because heart trouble affects every part of your body. Amen. And see, we begin to recognize and realize, amen, it is the same spiritually, have heart trouble, it's going to affect most of your bodily functions, amen, or your spiritual way of operating. And I see when I, what I want to really just dig into and break down just a little bit for us is when we talk about heart failure, you know, or, or particularly congestive heart failure. What is that? What's, what's happening when we have heart failure? Amen. I just want to read what, you know, one of the articles I pulled up is heart failure does not mean the heart has stopped working. Rather, it means that the heart's pumping power is weaker than normal. Uh Uh-oh. How'd you look? Amen. With heart failure, blood moves through the heart and the body at a slower rate and pressure in the heart is increased. Heart increases. As a result, the heart cannot pump enough oxygen or and nutrients to meet the body's needs. So if your heart Spiritually is not right. It's not going to supply everything else you need. It's not going to supply the you know the mercy and the forgiveness and all the Why? Right, because it's not functioning. It's not functioning right. But then he goes on to say, man, not just news or needs. He says the chambers of the heart may respond by stretching to hold more blood to pump through the body, or by becoming stiff and thickened going to try and adjust itself to maintain what's going on around. Hello. Are we here now? I don't know if we hear that. Sometimes we we try to, like I said, self-medicate or we make adjustments in our life to try to maintain things the way they are rather than dealing with the real issue. Rather than getting to what we really need so, so the natural heart does that, think about it. See, it helps, this helps keep the blood moving, but the heart muscle walls may eventually weaken and become, become unable to pump effectively. Wow. As a result, now listen to this. As a result, the kidneys may respond by causing the blood to retain fluid, water, and salt. See, it's not pumping right so you begin to retain stuff rather than releasing those things that need to be released. You begin to hold stuff rather than flushing it out and letting it go. Things that become toxic to the other organs of the body because it goes on to say if fluid builds up in the the arms legs, ankles, feet, lungs and or other organs, the body becomes congested. Uh-oh. And congestive heart failure is the term used to describe this condition. Some of us have congestive spiritual heart failure. Congested with stuff that needs to be flushed out. But we're trying to make an adjustment. To, rather than get rid of the stuff, we try to adjust everything else. Try to change everything else. See, that's that's not God's way, God's plan for us, Amen. To walk around all congested. <laughs> Gotta get rid of the toxic stuff. Gotta check your heart. If there's symptoms of unforgiveness, symptoms of low self-esteem, anger, fear. All those things, amen, I and I can, the list can go on and on and on. They become toxic to your spiritual well-being. And they begin to destroy your effectiveness for the kingdom of God. You have trust issues. All these things begin to arise. Why? Because we haven't checked the heart. How is our heart? And as we look at that, the passage that we read, amen, as he talks about how that the heart is deceitful, you, you know, anybody here, don't raise your hand, but just think about it. Have you ever been deceived by your own heart? And when you realize it, you're like, what is wrong with me? Nothing wrong with your spirit. I mean, your spirit man knows better. That's why you realize the difference. But that heart, amen, can deceive you, amen, and see, until our heart is right with God, we can't trust our heart. Did you hear what I said? Till our right heart is right with God. See, a lot of times we try to get our heart right with man, and that's where we have a whole lot of issues coming on. Why? Because you know we our expectation of man and their response to us, amen. It can pollute our heart and cause us to stop, and we stay just as congested. But if we would get our right heart with God, and that's what we're going to just take a look at this morning is how to get. A pure heart from God. He's the only one that can do it. Because that's why I say I like the, the the following verse. He says, "I, the Lord." He said because the the, the ninth verse stops. Says, "Who can know it?" It kind of leaves us out there. Who can know this thing? Who can understand the heart? But then it follows right. You know, Jeremiah follows right in the next verse. He speaks. He says, "I, the Lord, the Lord knows your heart, even better than you." Like I said, we can deceive ourselves amen i you know i I remember you know in my younger days amen, trying to find scripture to justify my where where I was even in my wrong I know I ain't the only one in the room but you know try, try to try to back up my you know my hard place with the word of God, justify where I was, try to so have to change you know that ain't right that ain't right we we can't get away with that. He said, I, the Lord, amen, he tries the reins. He knows the heart, amen, and, and without God's help, we can't fix our heart. We can't change our heart. But like I said, he has a plan. Go to the Psalms 24 with look, look at what he says. Verse number 1, starting at verse number 1, we're going to read through 5. It says, the earth is the Lord. And the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein, that means the world and you, everything belong to God. For he hath founded it upon the sea and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the high hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? Then he asks the question. Then it answers the question. He that hath clean hands and what? A pure heart. Come on. That's who's going to stand before God when it says ascending up into God's presence. Who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully? He shall receive the blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. But who's going to get there? He has who has clean hands and a pure heart. Oh, my goodness. That means without God's help. I think. Not all of us would be in trouble. Amen? Because why? We'd be deceived by the same heart that we want to be pure. Amen? You ever felt like you had a pure heart towards somebody? Well, I forgave them. But then something came up and you realized that, oh, come on. That stuff's still there. I mean, yeah, and I, I don't know how many people over the years I've talked to say, I thought I forgave that. No, you just thickened your heart. Just like congestive heart failure. You made the adjustment, but you didn't really let it go. You made the adjustment in your thinking, in your heart, but you really didn't flush it out. And therefore, when it comes up again, you find out it's still on board. The bitterness, the fear, the hurt, the pain, the distrust, all that is still on board. Why? Because you didn't really. Help us, Lord. But God's got a plan. Tell somebody God's got a plan. Just look at David's. One of my favorite passages in Scripture in the Old Testament. One of David's confessions. Let's go to Psalm 50. I, I, I just like this because for, for those of you who don't know why or where this Psalm was penned, this is when David had got caught, Amen, because of what he had done when he took Uriah's wife, Amen. Even though he had his own harem of over 700, but he took Uriah's wife and, you know, then he plotted to have Uriah killed even so that he could take her unto himself. He thought he had covered up his sin, but then the prophet Nathan came to him later on and told him the story about a, a man who took his, a wealthy man who took his poor neighbor's only little goat that slept with him that he raised and slaughtered it for his guest when he had his own herds. Nathan asked David, what do you think should happen to this man? And David announced all this judgment that should come upon him for doing such a thing. And Nathan looked at him and said, you the man. David knew that he had been found out. Amen. And and because of that encounter, he penned Psalms 51. And and I, I look at this psalm, I'm like, my goodness. I remember a day I read this psalm every day. Man, but starting at verse number one, he said, have mercy upon me. See, David's looking at, you know, trying to get right with God. See, this is what I want us to point to, get right with God. He, he, wasn't, he, didn't, he didn't tend this to Nathan, although Nathan is the one that pointed it out. Amen. He said, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindnesses, according to the, unto the multitude." of thy tender mercies. blot out my transgressions. Look what he said in verse number two. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. In other words, you realize I can't do it on my own. But I need you to wash me and cleanse me from all my iniquity and my sin. For I acknowledge, uh uh-oh, second thing. He knew he couldn't do it by himself. Second thing, he acknowledged my transgressions. Huh? Say, well, I ain't did nothing wrong. Well, check your heart. Check your heart. How's, how's your forgiveness meter? How's your love meter? Oh my goodness! How's your mercy? How's your grace towards others? He said, "I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me." You know how it is when you look in the mirror. You can't fool. You can fool everybody else, but you ain't fooling yourself. You you know where you at. Uh, he said, my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee alone, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. You realize God saw him the whole time. That thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. I like verse number five. He said, behold, I was shaping in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive. I started off in trouble. Huh? I started off in trouble sometimes we feel like I ain't did nothing wrong they realized from the beginning I needed you amen from the beginning behold thou desirest truth where in the inward part see a lot of times we can speak a good thing but God knows what's really going on in the heart he said he desires truth in the inward part and in the hidden parts thou shalt thou make me to know wisdom Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. He's pleading to God to cleanse Notice, he's not trying to do it himself. He realizes that his righteousness is not enough. He realizes, and this is another thing, man's forgiveness is not good enough. Remember what he said? Against thee. And thee alone have I sinned and done this great evil. See, when I wrong you, I sin against God. So even though I might come to you, if you do something against me, I might come to you and I say, I forgive you, you still need to ask God's forgiveness. Because the only one that can forgive sin is who? God. That's why the Pharisees, scribes and Pharisees often had a problem with Jesus because he's running around forgiving sin. And then they didn't know real quick, only God can do this. He was trying to let him know that's who I am. This is why we need to make sure we're getting it right with God. He said, blot out all mine iniquities. Created me what? Ah, created me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit. Within me. right. see, sometimes we walk around, I'm good, but our spirit ain't right. Huh? What David was really saying, it, it, it created me a constant spirit. Help me be consistent in the things that you want me to do. Consistent in living before you in an upright way. That's what he's saying, a right spirit or a consistent spirit. Let me be faithful. Let me be steadfast. Say, cast me not away from Thy presence, and take not Thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of Thyself. Oh, see, that's another symptom. When your joy is gone, I'm talking to somebody this morning. Say, when your joy is gone, that means you got heart trouble because something in this or something going on has become so great to you that it has stolen the joy of your relationship with God. i like, wow. What, what is it that is so powerful that can cause you to forget what God has done and cause you to not have the joy of your salvation operating every day? When that, that situation is so big, that it has caused you to lose your focus on him. And therefore, your face is not being notified about the joy of your salvation. well, Master David, you can't smile and be happy about everything. Happy and joy are two different quantities. Huh? I don't have to be happy about being broke, but I can have joy that God knows God provides. I say, see, we, we, we got to make it in our own mind. Now, I'm not saying happy, grinning, and skinning and grinning all the time, but you got a joy, you got a peace that no matter what you're go, going through, no matter what's happening, you got a word of life that you can speak to somebody, that you're not always negative and down in the pit, whining and complaining. If and, you got some joy in you, amen, it's saying no matter what I'm going through. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. See, we've got to make up our mind that if my heart is right with God, the rest of this is academic. The rest of this really don't matter. What did Paul say? If they kill me, be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. You're just helping me out. Huh? I'll See, that if we let these things and these situations and issues become the the barometer of our joy, then where does God come in? See, these things are affecting an an infected heart. and That's why David said, Purge, create in me a right spirit. Give me a, a, a clean heart. Oh God, is your heart, don't raise your hand, don't shout out, but is your heart right toward all men? That includes women too. Help somebody. You see, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put it out. To see, Pastor Linda was telling me they were working on, even though they got ready for their outing, they're working on trying to put together the carpools and so forth. And so many, like, I don't want to ride with this one. I don't want to ride with it. I oh, see, we don't never have that kind of problems with men. <laughs> <laughs> well, who who we want to ride with? So is there something in your heart? Uh-oh. So why are you going to go with that, Pastor? You need to purge your heart. You need to get your heart right. Huh? I'm trying to be good. Huh? See, because what the, the Pastor, what you was saying earlier, I man. sometimes you know when you stink. I'm not there. maybe not in the nostrils, but you got a stink attitude. That's evidence. That's a symptom of a polluted heart. That's when you need to go and read David's psalm again. Purge me. Cleanse me. Because he, he doesn't stop there. I, I, I love this psalm. I really do. He said, restore to me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. It ain't gonna, if you just open yourself up to God. He said, the spirit is free. He, he'll hook you up. If you just call on him, if you just go before him and say, Lord, help me right now, I know I stink. I know I'm off. Help me to get right right now. Help me, you, you know how you break that syndrome? Remember, I said, the scripture said, you know, your heart is deceitful. Don't let it deceive you. When it said, don't do what you know God would have you to do, just do it anyway. I said, just do it anyway. Just, just, Go against your own heart. Amen. See, because yep, yep. we got to learn how to walk in the spirit and not after the flesh. When we allow our heart to rule us, we're walking after the flesh. I don't care who we is. But my bad age. Amen. Thirteenth verse says this. Then, see you. Now see, a lot of times we try to do this part before we get the heart right. And then we'd be just messing up more people. Amen? But he said, once he got the heart restored and got the heart right, he said, then will I teach transgressors thy ways. How can I teach it if I ain't even living it? Huh? And sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. In other words, get me out of a place of being guilty. The blood of others on my hands and on my tongue. Ah, o oh God, thy God of my Salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness, O Lord. Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desireth, now look what he says. For thou desireth not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delirest not a burnt offering, not in burnt offerings. The sacrifice why well, I gotta read the whole Psalm. Y'all, y'all, y'all gotta hear what David said. He said the sacrifice of God uh, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. Wow. They break it. Break it. Break you. That he might build. You. Break your way. Break off all that stuff, amen, that stops you from walking like he wants you to walk, amen, and, and bring that sacrifice to God. I'm sacrificing my attitude to you, God. I'm sacrificing all the stuff I'm holding, amen. See, sometimes we hold holding stuff against this person, but we act it out on that person because our heart is polluted. Holding stuff, some people are yet holding stuff from their childhood, amen, and people in their life today are feeling the wrath. Why? Because we haven't released it. We haven't really trusted God. If I really give this to you, God, then what do I have left? What do I have left to justify my attitude? What do I have left to to justify my anger? What do I have left to to blame others with? If, If I really give this to you, God, I don't have any excuses anymore for being ugly. I don't have any excuses anymore. I feel disempowered. But that's what he wants you. So that now he can be the one to empower you. See, rather than being empowered by past hurts and pains, be empowered by the Spirit of God. Be empowered by his love by his spirit, by his presence, by his 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 emotion. Oh, my goodness. What are you talking about, his emotion? Didn't Jesus weep? Huh? Doesn't the scripture say that we grieve the heart of God? Huh? But if we're empowered by him, if we're now, we'll do what he would do. We would love like he would love. And we would forgive like he would forgive, and the enemy couldn't come against us anymore with low self-esteem and fear would have no more power in our lives. And all, all if, if we would just give up those things that empower the negative and embrace the things that in, that empower the positive of God operating in our lives, empower His spirit, we can be a totally and completely different person. You know, sometimes we see a glimpse of that. You know, in in our lives we see a, a glimpse of it. And others, but then we revert back to what was comfortable to the flesh. We revert back to what was familiar. Because walking in the spirit can be a little unfamiliar. But that's what he wants. Because he'll never leave you forsake you. He'll be right there walking with you all the time. Hallelujah. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion if we come to him broken, he won't despise He'll receive If we come honest, acknowledging this is my struggle. This is where I'm at. These are the things that have polluted my heart. These are the things I'm holding on to. It says in the ninth verse, he said, I mean not the ninth verse, the the 17th verse, he said thou will not despise if we come with a broken heart. Lord, I see where I am. I acknowledge Confess, this is where I am. And that's right where he was ready to receive right there, and to build you up. Amen. Says, the 18th verse says, do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Who is Zion? Zion is his people. That's what he's talking about. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. In other words, build me up, God. Help me right now. Then shalt thou be Pleased with the sacrifices of what? Righteousness. Hello. With burnt offerings of whole burnt offerings. Then shall they offer bullocks upon the altar. We got to get right. Amen. And I'm not saying we. I'm not just talking about living faith. I'm talking about the people of God. You know, we, we got to get right. We got to get this 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 heart failure out of the t- got to get the heart failure out of god's people but we got to be honest enough to recognize and that his word prescribes so many ways amen that we can we can be right but we cannot be right without him you can't do it apart from him uh look what it says in proverbs 20 and 19 It says, Who can say I have made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin. You can't do it on your own. That's the question. "Who can say that?" None of us can. We need God. Then just as He lets us know in the Beatitudes in Matthew five and eight, He said, "Blessed are what? Pure in heart." That's where we want to be. We want to be in that place, Amen. We want to be blessed, Amen, because it says. They shall see God, not not the impure, Amen. But the pure in heart, they shall see God. Mm -hmm. You know, as we talked about being obedient to God, and we were in Ecclesiastes in the twelfth chapter. You talked about the whole duty of man, you know, what we're supposed to be doing to to fear God and to keep His commandments. Then I look at First Timothy. Go over there with me. First Timothy one and five goes right along with that verse it says this now the end of the commandment is charity which is what love and he said charity how though out of a pure heart and a good conscience and a faith unfeigned in other words it's not polluted faith it's a pure faith so he said this is this is the end of the commandment is to love out of a pure heart. How many times have we tried to love, knowing our heart wasn't right? We try to show acts of love, but it's not pure love. Hello. You know you 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 trying to you try to be, see what because what you're trying to do is you're trying to manufacture it on your own. You know you know the Bible says to forgive, the Bible says to love. So I'm going to do it, although it ain't in my heart. straining to give you this flower. Because my heart ain't right. I'm straining to say hello to you and good morning to you. Because I'm I i, I want to show you show, show, show you love. Oh help us up help, help, help us I, I, I want to make sure you can't say I walked by you and I didn't mention nothing, didn't notice you so You know that that's okay. But don't you think it would be so much better if it came from a pure heart? Don't you think it would be received a whole lot better in the sight of God if it came from a pure heart? You might fool the man or the woman. You know, the sister might say, oh, she, we good. But God, he's, remember what he said? He tries the reign. He knows the heart. Amen. And we want to know that we know that God knows that our heart is right. Amen. And the only way we can know that God knows that our heart is right is to know that our heart is right with him. Amen. Because I cannot say. i might mess up some people. I cannot say that my heart is right with God. And it's not right with my fellow. Oh, well, let me take that back. I can say it but it ain't true. I can convince myself that I'm good with God, although my heart ain't right toward you. But the only reason my heart may not be right toward you or any man is because of the, and what it said in that description of congestive heart failure, it thickened, stiffened, because of the hardness of my heart, the refusal to forgive. That's the only reason Moses gave him the right to divorce of the heart, of the heart. So, if I'm going to be right before God, I got to be willing to forgive. So how can you say you love me and you don't even love your? Well, now how do he say? It? He said, "How can you say you love God when you haven't? When you don't even love your brother?" I'm trying to help us, huh? See, we got we got to get a, a pure heart. Look at Second Timothy two and verse twenty-two. Yep, help me, Holy Spirit. He said, "Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace." Ah, notice I love this verse, y'all also. With them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Flee also you for lust and follow righteousness, faith, charity, which is love, peace. But how did he say do it? With them that call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. In other words, he's saying do these things, but check the company. That you're doing it well. Yeah, are you trying to be a loving person, but you're hanging around with someone that is not operating out of a pure heart? But that's my friend. That's my relative. Are you hanging with somebody that's not operating out of a pure heart? Because I'm gonna say it. Because the scripture backs it up hang around with polluted hearts long enough your heart will be polluted bad company y'all, see, y'all know the scripture. you already quoted bad company corrupts good man another passage said good morals See, so who you hate, is gonna affect you sooner or later. Uh, sooner, I mean, you might, they, you, y'all might be good after a while, but after they get more and more comfortable with you, they're gonna start saying stuff they know that they didn't say early until they were comfortable with you. Oh, see. And now because you have let down your guard, you begin to become complicit. Oh, oh see. Why, why, Lord, help us. We can see, you know, if, if you hang around with somebody that just can't stand your wife, they're not going to say it the first time you hang out. But after you've been hanging around for, you know, six months or maybe longer, they're going to start talking about, hey, why did you marry her? And that's your friend. And you, you, you don't to lose your friend. So, Got one or two, three choices. You can agree with him, yeah. I don't know why. Or you can agree by just not saying nothing, ignore it, or you can knock him out. No, I'm not suggesting you knock him no, out, but but you see what I'm saying? You can let him know, don't don't go there. That's my wife. Don't talk to him. We can heck. She come before you, that relationship, you ain't got no space to speak. Uh, see, see, you, you got one of three choices. They talk about your wife, they talk about your church, they talk about your God. And you got those same three choices. But see, what's going to make the difference is where your heart's at. And if you're hanging with the wrong ones, like he's letting them know here, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. If they, they're walking on with him out of a pure heart, they're not going to say nothing crazy about your wife. Okay, but are going to... Huh? Sooner or later, they're going to they're gonna try you if you're with the wrong crowd. Uh, come on, somebody. Go to Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Hallelujah, Lord. they have got to walk in Hebrews 10, 22 says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. In other words, you've got to give it up, give it up, give it up, give it to God. Huh? Amen. Hallelujah. A lot of times, if we would just ask God and obey God, we'd be okay. But oftentimes, we don't want to ask because, uh-oh, we don't want to hear the answer. Or we already know the answer, and we just want to do what we want to do right now. It's how my heart feels, and I'm ready to be deceived. We'll feel better for the moment. No, 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 no. We've got to check ourselves, ain't Look what it says in 1 Peter. You want a few more scriptures I want to share with you. We're going to be get wrapping it up, but I just want us to think about, like I said, the, the the scriptures say so much about the condition of our hearts. This is this is where this is where it, it really helps us to see, man, we have to walk in the spirit. Because the heart is representing your flesh, it's representing your your intellect, your emotions feelings and all that all that's embodied in that in that heart but first peter one and twenty two here we go seeing ye have purified your soul in obeying what the truth through the spirit huh see that's that's how we get there I'm talking about how we can have a, a pure heart before God So we gotta obey the truth. His word is true. Whether we agree with it or not. It's true, amen. He said, through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, seeing that ye love one another with a pure heart. How? Fervently. Ooh, God, that's passionately. That's that's but you're not gonna get there if you're not obeying the truth. If you're not gonna get there if you're not operating in the spirit. Your flesh ain't going to let it be that easy. So you got to tell your flesh, shut up. We're doing it God's way. Hold your peace. Hold that thought. We're going to do what God says. We're going to do what the Word says. We're going to operate like that. I don't care how it feels to you. We're going to do what he says. See, that's walking in the Spirit. When you go against your own feelings to be obedient to the Word of God, that's a hard place for a lot of people. Amen. Because our feelings just scream loud. I want my way. But, the, but we know that the Word of God says, "Don't go that way. Don't do that." But yet, them, them, them feelings. oh, help us. Lord, help us. Lord. Let me let me let me give you a, a, a good verse. Go to Proverbs fifteen and twenty-eight. I know we got some righteous people in here, is that right? Driving to be righteous, trying to be righteous. It says the heart of the righteous studieth to answer. In other words, going not be slow to speak. Huh? But the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. And where are those evil things coming from? The heart. Amen. They they, they come out of an unclean heart, an unpure heart, amen. So so if we wanna be righteous, amen we gotta we' gonna have a righteous heart we gotta be slow study the answer in other words, take time, pray, consider what the word of God says amen because why soft words huh? say a grievous verse. Way right. See, but, and see, a lot of times we, we think that the wrath is on the other person. Sometimes that's going to help us. Most of the time, it's going to help us rather than blasting like we know we ought not to blast. Help us, somebody. First, in we'll God's trying to get us. Something. Amen. He said, "Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart." Amen. So we we want the uprightness of heart, isn't it right? We gotta be ready to be honest, like David had to be honest in Psalm 51. He said, I've sinned. And he went on to ask the Lord to cleanse, him, purge, him, to help him. So again, he said, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous. And shout for joy all ye that are upright in the heart. Psalms 64 and Say this with me. I am the righteousness of God. This will help us put some of this stuff in perspective. Amen. You were created to be the righteousness of God. Amen. 64 and 10 says, The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him. Watch out now. That means in his word. Okay. And all the upright in heart shall glory. Wow. I said, be glad. This person said, show so glory in him. Amen. We're we looking at the shouting for joy. Amen. We're looking at being able to glory. Look at 97 and 11 still in Hmm. Down there. Light is sown for the righteous. And gladness. For the upright in heart, who's doing the sowing? The Lord, huh? Amen. When we're striving to do it His way, He sows the light of His presence, Amen. His love, His power, His strength—all those things begin to show up in our lives, Amen. When we choose to do it His way, and gladness for the upright in heart, Amen. We we become glad when we begin to see what God is doing, man. We're standing on His word, and the last verse I want to share with you this morning, go to. Psalms 119 and 7. Hallelujah. It says, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. Can you praise me any other way? Huh? Not that he will receive. He don't want a polluted offering. Hello? Hello? He said, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgment. Wow. He said, when I've learned how to judge things rightly, when I've learned to obey your word, and when I've learned to do it, just like David said, after he went through all these then shall I be able to teach. Why? But we want to teach and we want to do all these things, but we haven't taken the time out to say, God, how do you want me to do it? how do you want me to approach? How do you want me to love? How do you, But we got to do it according to his word, according to his will, according to his spirit, and not according to our own heart or our fear. See, one thing I've learned in life, if I walk in the spirit, my heart will be changed toward that situation, toward that individual. If I just choose, you're just just love on someone enough, somebody, even though you had an issue with them, you just keep on loving on them. And keep on loving because the word of God told you to keep on loving on them. Amen. What happens is they may never change. But you will. Isn't you know that what you're after? Ain't that the goal? If you're doing it to change them, your motive is wrong. But if you're doing it to let God change you. So that no matter what comes against you, you can walk in the love of God. You can walk in the, the mercy of God. You can walk in the forgiveness of God. No matter if they ever change or not. How many times shall I forgive my brother? Huh? He said seven. See, they asked him. They said, what, seven times seven? He thought they were doing something. But he told them, no. Seventy times seven. In a day. He just blew him away. In other words, there is no measure. There is no limit. How many times have we put a limit? Well, I haven't tried with them over and over again. I'm sick of it. I'm not going to do it no more. I'm done. I had a dollar for every time I heard someone say they was done. Huh? You might be done, but is God done. Usually when you say you're done, that means God's not done with you. So we got to get to that place, saints, that we are not suffering continually or at all with this heart trouble. Heart failure Every time something happens, every time something comes against you, every time things don't go right at work or at home or in a relationship, amen, heart trouble shows up. Well, this little murmur, if you don't get it fixed, it's going to weaken you. Huh? Maybe you're not dealing with congestive heart failure but you got you got clogged arteries there's a restriction of the love and the word of God getting into your heart amen we, you need a stent you need something to open that thing you need a bypass sometimes people sometimes people need a, 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 a not a triple but a quadruple bypass to get some love in there to get something flowing in their heart amen so that now something can come out Amen. See, because if it's not getting in, though you, you ever feel weak. You know, I I, I realize that if, you, if your blood cannot be properly oxygenated, you'll have a problem walking from here to the door. Because the rest of your body and your organs are not getting the oxygen that it needs. You'll find why am I so weak? I can't even get across the room. And that's how some people are spiritually. They're so weak they can't take nothing. Someone walk past them without saying, praise the Lord, they're not ready to sing. How are you going to disrespect me like that? I ain't did nothing to you. They wouldn't even think about you. Your weakness is showing up. Your insecurity is showing up. Why did that bother you? Because you got some heart trouble going on. But we want to transfer it to the other person. I'm spiritual, and the scriptures say, greet one another with a holy kiss. That man just might have lost somebody in their family, and you worried about a holy kiss. I, I'm trying to help us this morning. We, we get caught up on some silly stuff, amen, and because of our own issues. Why does that? But God bless them anyway. How many people drive past you on the road, don't say hi? You ain't tripping over them. Well, they can't talk to me. They can blow their horn. It real. If you got an issue, if you take an offense, let's stay. And I, I always say this, I was just talking about this even with my wife last week. If anything bothers you, the first question you need to ask is why did that bother me? Why did I take offense to that? How am I looking at it? What could I do different? But see, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't go through that list, that list of questions. First thing we do is, what's wrong with them? Why did they do that? You, you, you don't know everything going on in their life. But I live with them. You still don't know everything going on in their life, huh? But if we say, Lord, give me some insight. Lord, it's my heart. It's right? my heart. Here? Help me to check my heart. And when we do that, now we can walk in the joy of the Lord. Amen. We can walk in the peace that God wants us to walk in. But if I'm looking for something wrong in everything, beyond me, that tells me one thing right there. I'm not looking for what's wrong in me. i got to check my mind. i got to check why it affects me like this. And what can I do to do? Have to make it difficult. We just have to come yield. We just have to make up our mind that I'm going to surrender myself, my feelings, my emotions, my heart unto God. And when I do that, and I just trust Him to help me to handle everything, else. and with His help. God becomes the majority. So, what did He say? We are what? Less than conquerors. God. More, more than conquerors. Through Him that love. I tell people a lot of times I them, say, listen, don't, don't, don't follow your heart. Follow the Spirit. Because if you follow the Spirit long enough, your heart will get in on It will get in line. So, as I pray, maybe you hear, you realize that you got some heart issues, some heart problems, spiritually going on. I invite you to come to the you know, sometimes we go to the doctor we get a consult, amen, before they even do surgery. And God's been consulting with some of y'all right through this word, amen. And now it's time to come and let him begin to do the surgery on your heart. As you surrender, as you yield, as you let it go. Lord, so get, get the hook out of me. How how the pastor say decision? it out of me, Lord. Let, let me have a pure heart, as David said. Create in me a, a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit, a constant spirit, a consistent spirit in me. Because the thing about a uh, the thing about a polluted heart, it might be the stuff you took in. It might be things that people did to you. But the real reality is, it's killing you. I said it's killing you, and you have got to decide. I'm not gonna die like. You. Now, like I was, we was talking to somebody and was saying, you know, the unforgiveness, amen, and holding people in that place. You know, and you know, you you that comes, sometimes that gives us power. And, and we we just waiting for them to, to, to kill over. It's not going to happen like that. That's, that's, that's like you drinking the poison and waiting for them to die. You're the one that's going to die. I say, you're the one that's going to die. Because it's it's you. So each of you know why you came. And God knows why you came and as you yield it to him, as you surrender it to him, believe that he is able to do the surgery. He's able to heal that heart. He's able to strengthen you in the areas that you need to be strengthened, but you got to trust him. Sometimes the surgery is more painful in the beginning and the recovery process, but once you get through that, you Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come before you right now. Lord, we thank you because you love us. Father, you, you gave yourself for us, Lord, that we would not have to walk in places that are painful. We would not have to, Lord, depend on our own ability or our own strength, Lord, because you already knew that, that we would be, Lord, and that we would But, Lord, you came to to give us a way out. You came to be our help and our strength. And, Lord, as we we pray this morning, Lord, over the the heart issues, the heart ailments, Lord, that are standing before you in this room, God, whether they're at the altar or some that are yet at their seats, have your way. Help us, Lord, to examine ourselves, even as, as David did the songs. Lord, and to acknowledge our shortcomings and acknowledge God Lord, those places that we're still holding, God, rather than releasing. Help us to be able to walk in the love that you want us to walk in, the, the forgiveness that you want us to walk in. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would crush Lord, the feelings of fear and self, low self-esteem, God. Lord, those places Lord, that Lord, we, we found power in, but we found no victory. Lord, that places that have kept us stuck and and refused to let us move further into our walk with you. Help us, Father, to let our relationship with you be paramount. As we yield, as we surrender, create, Lord, in each one of these, a clean heart. Lord, and and only you can renew a right spirit, God. As we yield to you, as we surrender to you, God, we allow you... To purge us, as painful as it might be at times, to, to purge those things out of us, God, as we allow your love, God, to come in and permeate every part of our thoughts, every part of our emotions, God, every part of our feelings, God, we, we give them to you. We say, Holy Spirit, you take over. You take over. You help us to do what only you can because in and of ourselves, we won't do it. We will continue to resist you. We will continue to stand in a place that we found comfortable, but not profitable. So help us, Lord, to stand. I pray over this, your people, God, Lord, that you would touch Lord, that we hear and receive and walk in the things that you have spoken unto us this morning. Strengthen right now. That we can declare victory over these areas. That we can We have victory over all the devices of the enemy, God, that have come to stifle our relationship with you because that's what it's really all about. I love you, God. Therefore, I can love those around me. I love you, God. Therefore, I can overcome every obstacle because you said that you would be there with me. You will be my help. You will be my strength. You are my vindicator. You are my keeper. Hallelujah. You are my advocate. And we thank you right now, God, that we put our hope and our trust in you. Father, forgive us. Forgive us in those places, Lord, where we've just refused to do it your way. Forgive us, Lord, for holding things, Lord, that you have already told us to release and to let go. Forgive us, Lord, for trusting in ourselves. More than we've done in your word. Hallelujah. Have your way in every heart, every mind. Give us a pure heart. Take out all the stuff as we willingly surrender it unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now you got to